question number 30. Here I am, Michael Pearl, sitting at the door to answer your Bible questions. One of our listeners sent this in. Is pastoral authority biblical? I want to be set straight in this area. I tend to be a rebel. But if I should be submitting to a local church preacher, then I want to do what is right. It just doesn't seem right. Mary. Now, I don't know why, but I feel far, sorry for some local pastor. <laughs> I really do. Uh, Mary's ready to go, boy, she said. <laughs> but but uh, Mary out there, I'm not, I'm not laughing at you much. I mean, I, I don't want to laugh at you. It's just, it's funny. Okay, let's, let's answer the question here. Uh, the word pastor. So what we're going to do is what we usually do. We're going to look it up in the Bible to see what a pastor is in the Bible and what, he, what his authority is and what we should do in submitting to him. So we, we type it in, P-S-T-O-R, and we look up every time it's used in the New Testament to find out what a pastor is. It appears one time. That's all, just once. All the book of Acts, all the epistles, the word pastor appears just one time. But I do recall it being used in the Old Testament a lot. A lot. So I'm going to go back there and see what it means. Now, of course, it's not the church, but it gives us a general sense of what the word pastor means. Let's first of all read it in the New Testament, the one time it's used. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. That's Jesus after he was crucified, going down into paradise, preaching to the Old Testament saints that were there, and then coming up with them and taking them into heaven. And he said, and you remember he said there that he gave gifts unto men? It said he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So upon his resurrection with the institution, the church, God gave to the church four different ministries. The first ministry that he gave was apostles. The second was prophets. Third was evangelists. And the fourth was not pastors, pastors and teachers. In other words, he links the word teaching with the word pastors, pastors and teachers. So they pastored by means of teaching. He said he did this for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith, and so forth, so forth, so forth. Now, let's go to the Old Testament and see what it has to say about pastors. There's just eight times that it appears in the Old Testament. And most of them, all of them except two, are negative, what it has to say about pastors. Jeremiah 3.15, I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. That's good. God said, I'm going to give you pastors. The word pastor is not the name of an office. It's a description of, of a job, of doing something, a ministry. I, as, as you take sheep out and feed them, that's something you do. You pastor the flock, you feed them the words of God. Jeremiah 10, 21, for pastors are become brutish, have not sought the Lord, therefore shall they not prosper, and all their flocks shall be scattered. 
So we see one of the negatives there. Jeremiah 12, 10, many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They've trodden my portion underfoot. Jeremiah 23, 1, woe unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. So the pastors are pastors. Pastors are shepherds who take the sheep to the pasture. And he said, we have pastors that are brutish, are scattering my sheep and doing a lousy job. Now, the, the pastors might have been prophets. They might have been kings. They might have been priests, might have been rabbis locally. They might have been any number of people, elders, who sat in some position of government or religious oversight who were leading the people astray. So it wasn't an office. There was no one held in office called pastor. It was simply a ministry. Now, it's not... When I was younger, <coughs> I was a, a rebel like Mary here. And getting older gives you a little wisdom. Uh, you kick something that hurts your foot four or five times, you learn to quit kicking it find another way to move it, or just leave it there and walk around it or sit on it. But <laughs> just quit kicking it. Uh, I, I felt my job early by the time I was 18 years old was to straighten the church out. And I discovered right away that the church is in a very sick condition. Now, I didn't take note of the fact that it was also in a very sick condition during Christ's lifetime, during the apostles' lifetime, during the seven churches of Asia, and during all the epistles that they always wrote. They were all, the church always been in a sick condition. The church has never on this earth, an individual congregation, been glorious except for a very brief period of time. And so the church is not uh, ever perfect. In fact, it's always on the negative side of, of the middle. And that's just the way it is because it's made up of us, us sinners. And it's got people like me pastoring it, you know. And so Mary... Your pastor may not be right, it may not be correct, but you sure ought to be careful about rebuking him or being stubborn about it. If it's too intolerable, go somewhere else. Don't start a fuss or a fight, and certainly don't undermine his ministry. The poor fellow's probably got enough trouble as it is without having uh, a woman in his congregation playing the Jezebel role. All right, Acts 14.23. Here's... The term elder appears in the Bible 199 times and 69 times in the New Testament. So let me say this. It's not so important what you call the man that is you calling pastor now. He's not, that's not the right term for him. That's not an office. That's the ministry. That's what he does. But don't let, that's not a problem because the terms the Bible uses like elder and bishop and apostle and pastor, these were common terms used in secular circles during that day. They weren't invented to talk about just Christians. And you could use another term. You could call them president. You could call them chief executive. You could call them any number of things. Uh, it's not what you call them. It's not their title that's, that's important. It is the structure and ministry of the church itself. So don't get out, bent out of shape trying to straighten out an era that's been around for hundreds of years. We've learned to live with it, and it seems to work okay. So he said, uh, but what he does call leaders in the church, the people in authority are called elders. 
He said he ordained elders in every church. Acts 14, 23, 15, 2. There was a great disputation in the church in Jerusalem. And they said, go up to Jerusalem under the apostles and elders about this question. So the apostles and elders were the ones that dealt with the issues. We're in authority. The apostles and elders came together to consider of this matter. Acts 15, 22, please the apostles and elders with the whole church. The churches were not ruled over by dictators. The apostles and elders sought the agreement of the whole body. They didn't tell them what to do. They gave them spiritual guidance and direction, presented it to the church, and the church agreed in one accord in one mind and stood behind the action. So if a church degenerates to the place to where you've got a dictator telling people what they've got to do, then it's no longer functioning like a New Testament church. At that point, you don't rebel. Since you don't have elders, you just walk off. If you have elders, then they get together, rebuke the pastor, straighten things out, and move on from there. Uh, Acts 20, 17, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. So throughout the New Testament, the elders are the ones that he said are the ones in authority. First uh, Timothy 5, 1, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, young, younger men as brethren. So Mary, don't rebuke an elder. First Timothy 5, 17, let the elders that rule well, and that's the only time it's mentioned this way, so the elders, some of them are rulers in the church. Rule well, be counted worthy of double honor. That means they get money. Especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. So he said when an elder is also a pastor, not all elders are pastors, but when an elder labors in the word and doctrine in teaching, he's not having time to work. He should, you shouldn't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn. That's what he said next. Against an elder receive not an accusation, but unto two or three witnesses. Them that sin, elders that sin, rebuke before all that others may fear. So he said, uh, don't rebuke an elder, just two or three people and treat them as a father. He said, James 5, 14, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Now I'll say this one final thing. <coughs> Paul never did appoint an elder over a church. It was always elders, plural. When he speaks of the elders, he never speaks of an elder. He speaks of elders, plural. Every church had multiple elders. Why? So that the authority wouldn't gravitate to one man dictating. People are all too happy to let somebody tell them what to do, what to believe, and how to act. And it shouldn't be that way. The church should take responsibility for itself. And so there should be a group of men seeking God, coming to one mind and one accord, working together, guiding the church, pastoring through feeding them the word of God and ministering them. That's the proper way to do it. Finally, Revelation 4, 4, round, round about the throne were four and 20 seats. And upon the seats, I saw four and 20 elders sitting clothed in white raiment and they had golden crowns on their heads. So we find that uh, in the heavenly scene, God honors the elders. The elders will get to sit around the throne and have a special place 
not because they're better people, but because they labored. They labored in the field. And so that's your answer, Mary. 